And good Monday morning, our top story, Hoda, that wild weather. Yeah, that's right. And you can expect even more as we begin this week. It is Monday, August 22nd. This is today. Breaking overnight, flood emergencies, heavy rain soaking parts of the south. Rescues underway right now in Dallas with some cars fully submerged while out west. Stunning video of people being swept away by rising waters. The storm threat that is now moving to the east coast. We'll have everything you need to know. Targeted, the daughter of a close ally to Vladimir Putin killed in a car bombing near Moscow. Russian officials calling it a contract killing. This morning, the latest on the investigation and the potential impact on the war in Ukraine now entering its sixth month. We're live in the region. Outrage, a violent arrest caught on camera, a man pinned to the ground and beaten by officers in Arkansas. Straight ahead, the suspensions announced overnight and new details on what led to that disturbing confrontation. Close encounters, a massive hammerhead thrashing just feet from shore. And in South Carolina, two attacks on the same beach on the very same day. I just wanted it off my arm. One victim's story in her own words and the new concerns as millions of beachgoers make their Labor Day plans. All that plus football fever with the start of the season right around the corner. Many are asking, where is Tom Brady? Inside the mystery surrounding his absence and all the tips you need to enjoy watching your favorite team without breaking the bank. And take two, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck get married again. We've got new details and images from their star-studded weekend wedding today, Monday, August 22nd, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Good to see you. It's a Monday morning. So happy you're joining us. Tom in for Savannah. Yeah. How about congratulations to Ben and Jen? And oh, now yeah. it's Jennifer Affleck. She said yeah. she was going to oh, take so his she, last name. She, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't that think professionally, but in life. But didn't it look uh, gorgeous? Look huh? beautiful. Always like that sort of white dinner jacket, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, so classic. You were thinking about this. I was thinking about that massive hammerhead shark. It looked like a whale was so big. Look at it. And oh apparently gosh. experts say it was hangry. It was just it was just really hungry. That's why oh. it was so close. All right. We'll check into that. Yeah. Plus, some call uh, this time of the year the end of summer, but we like to say it's the start of football season. Mm -hmm. And coming up, we'll share creative suggestions to help you save on your tailgating celebrations. But first, we're going to get to our top story, those flash floods impacting millions all across the country. Things took a turn for the worse in Texas overnight, and heavy rain in the drought-stricken southwest has washed out roads, left several people stranded and led to some dramatic rescues. Dylan will have our full forecast in just a moment, but let's start with NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer. Hey, Miguel, good morning. Hoda, good morning. Those areas in the southwest were desperate for rain just a few days ago. Now it's too much, too fast. With severe downpours, flooding roads, and leaving passengers in danger, luckily we're seeing rescuers step in to help. 
This morning, dramatic rescues in Texas as the relentless rain moves over the southwest. In Dallas, cars stuck on I-30, people swimming through the floods, and a chain of rescuers pulling passengers to safety. Drivers across the area stranded overnight. 10 million people across the southern plains are under flood alerts. Areas that have seen less than an inch of rain in the last two months could now get as much as two and a half inches per hour. It comes after heavy rains in the west as flash flooding led to a desperate and ongoing search for a 29-year-old hiker in Utah's Zion National Park. The family of Jatal Agniatri telling our affiliate KSL they believe this video shows her and another man desperately trying to stay above the rushing waters. About 20 minutes worth of rain created all that, I mean, it looked like a tsunami. Fellow hikers were able to rescue the man further downstream, but say they couldn't find the 29-year-old. Her back was turned as she was going down, and where that bend was, uh, she got sucked into the undertow. Rangers later discovering her abandoned mud-soaked backpack. Family still hopeful the young grad student will be found alive. The heavy rain also turning dangerous in Arizona, where a school bus was trapped by monsoonal floods. Rescuers seen carrying children on board to safety. They're going to put them on the back of the truck. And in New Mexico, a rescue after this vehicle was swept away by floodwaters. Rapid rainfall also washing out a road leading to Carlsbad Caverns, trapping some 200 visitors for hours. We were already planning just to sleep there. Now as millions ring out from torrential downpours, others are bracing for another brutal weather whiplash. And guys, beyond those dangerous conditions in Dallas, we'll be keeping an eye on the rest of the state. Flash Flood Alley pretty much cuts Texas in half from Dallas to San Antonio, and that area is a hot spot for fatal flash flooding. Back to you. All right, Miguel Almaguer for us. Miguel, thank you. All right, Dylan's in for Al this morning. She's got her eye on those flood mm -hmm. risks and the storms behind them. Dylan, it's wild out there. It's mm -hmm. wild. And in Texas, you know, Flash Flood Alley, because the ground itself is more clay in nature, so it doesn't absorb the water. And when you have rainfall rates of about three inches per hour, it just rushes off and creates that flash flooding. So Dallas picked up almost eight inches of rain in about three hours. So they still have a flash flood warning in effect at this time. The rain is still coming down very heavily. It's continuing to move through eastern Texas. We'll move through Arkansas and Louisiana as well. This area of low pressure is very slow moving, so that's why not only will we have the threat today, but it slowly moves through the Gulf Coast area as we go into Tuesday. Even Wednesday, it's going to continue that slow trek to the east. So with still in the forecast, rainfall rates of two and a half to three inches per hour, we could end up with about three to five inches of rain at least. Some areas, if you're stuck in the heavier downpours, could get even more. So especially northern, uh, northern Louisiana, parts of northeastern Texas, that's where we we could still see that moderate risk of flash flooding today and tomorrow. You see it doesn't move too far to the east. We're still looking at that Gulf Coast area to deal with that torrential rain that could lead to more flash flooding. Hoda. All right, Dylan, thank you. Let's take a turn now to a story making worldwide headlines with potential impact on the war in Ukraine. So Russia is launching an investigation and pointing fingers overnight after the daughter of a prominent ally of Vladimir Putin, was killed in a car bombing outside Moscow. NBC's Megan Fitzgerald joins us from the region with the very latest details on this. Hey, Megan, good morning. 
Hoda, good morning to you. We are here in Bordidyanka, where we attended yet another funeral service for a Ukrainian soldier who died while fighting in this war. Uh, a somber morning that comes on a morning when there is news out of Moscow. Russian elites are rattled after that bombing took place not far from the Kremlin. A fiery explosion just outside Moscow, bringing new tensions in the Russia-Ukraine war. Russian investigators say a car bomb killed the daughter of a close Putin ally in a contract killing. Daria Dugina, the daughter of Alexander Dugin, also referred to as Putin's brain, died in the blast late Saturday night. This eyewitness video appearing to show the car on fire and a distraught Dugin at the scene. Dugin has been an outspoken supporter of the war in Ukraine and believed to have influenced Putin's views on the invasion. His daughter was a TV commentator who shared her father's views. In a statement announcing a murder investigation, Russian investigators say an explosive device was placed under the driver's seat. Russia's state-run media reports witnesses say Dugin was expected to be driving the car but switched vehicles at the last minute. NBC News has not been able to verify those claims. But a Russian security expert says, regardless, it was a complex scheme. This is no small feat to be able to actually mount an assassination operation in the heart of, of Russia. A Russian separatist leader quickly blamed the attack on Ukraine, but an advisor to Ukrainian President Zelensky denied responsibility. Saying on television, we had nothing to do with this because we are not a criminal state. A former member of Russia's parliament, now living in Ukraine, said in a video that a new, mostly unknown group called the National Republican Army carried out the attack. The attack comes as the war seems to have taken a turn. Ukraine now on the offensive in a Russian-controlled territory. Over the weekend, more attacks in Crimea. Now Ukraine is bracing for retribution, ahead of its Independence Day on Wednesday, the same day marking six months of the war. Now, that former Russian member of parliament was not able to provide any evidence around that claim, and NBC News has not been able to independently verify it. As for the possible attacks that could take place here in Ukraine, we talked to a government official who says she wouldn't confirm or deny if they have intelligence to suggest that an attack here is imminent. Uh, but she did tell us that they're not playing around. They're not taking any uh, chances here. They are making sure that people in Kyiv understand that they need to not have mass gatherings. And in places like Kharkiv in the east, they're telling people to stay indoors from tonight into Thursday morning. Hoda? An escalation there. All right, Megan Fitzgerald for us there in Ukraine. Megan, thank you. Okay, back here at home, there's new fallout to tell you about tied to that FBI search of Donald Trump's Florida home. The Justice Department has until Thursday to provide a redacted copy of the affidavit, and the former president is hinting at taking more legal action. NBC senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson has the details. Hallie, good morning. Hey, Tom, good morning to you. The fast-moving developments in this investigation into former President Trump come as a new NBC News poll finds the top issue facing voters, they say, is no longer cost of living, but threats to democracy. Former President Trump now teasing what he calls a major legal motion. He and his attorneys saying they plan to ask for a third party, a so-called special master, to review what was taken by the FBI during their search of Mar-a-Lago pointing to the Fourth Amendment, which protects from unreasonable searches and seizures. And one of the benefits of the special master, if the master agrees with this, is we can stop DOJ in their tracks when it comes to inspecting these documents. 
No such motion has been filed yet after a federal judge signed off on the warrant allowing agents to remove 11 sets of classified material from Mr. Trump's home. Now the government faces a Thursday deadline to provide a redacted version of the affidavit used to justify the Mar-a-Lago search. New NBC News polling shows the majority of voters, 57 percent, say they want investigations into potential wrongdoing by former President Trump to continue. It comes as former Vice President Mike Pence says he never left office with classified material, telling the Associated Press in Iowa he doesn't want to prejudge the search in Mar-a-Lago before knowing all the facts. We can demand that they reveal why this search warrant was executed against the residence of a former president of the United States uh, without demeaning the rank and file men and women of the FBI. And while the investigations into the former president are taking up a lot of political oxygen at the moment, keep in mind tomorrow is primary day in states including New York and Florida, which will include several closely watched races pitting sitting Democratic lawmakers against each other. Tom? All right, Hallie Jackson for us this morning. Hallie, thank you. A lot more to get to this morning, including growing outrage in the wake of a violent arrest in Arkansas, all caught on camera. Three law enforcement officers now off the job as an investigation unfolds. NBC's Blaine Alexander has that story. Hey, Blaine, good morning. Well, Hoda, good morning to you. The video itself is less than a minute long, but it does show a violent encounter between three officers and a suspect. In a statement, the mayor of that Arkansas town says that he was shocked and sickened by what he saw in that video. And we do have to warn you, this video is disturbing to watch. It is the shocking video that has been viewed millions of times. This morning, Arkansas State Police are investigating a violent arrest that was caught on camera. According to State Police, in the video are two Crawford County Sheriff's deputies and a Mulberry police officer. The video appears to show them pinning a man down during an altercation and repeatedly punching and kneeing him to the head and body. And at one point, one of the officers appears to slam the man's head into the ground multiple times. The incident took place Sunday morning outside of a convenience store. At the end of the video, one of the officers appears to point at the camera. Throughout the day, police had been on the lookout for the suspect, identified as 27-year-old Randall Worcester of South Carolina, after he allegedly spit on a store clerk and made what officers called terroristic threats in a nearby town. While it is unclear what happened before the start of the video, Worcester was quickly transported to an area hospital and was later released and taken into custody. His condition is unclear. Worcester is now facing a slew of charges, including battery, resisting arrest, and refusal to submit. All three officers involved have been suspended. In a statement, the Crawford County Sheriff says in part, I hold all my employees accountable for their actions and will take appropriate measures in this matter. A statement from Mulberry Police says the department will take the appropriate actions at the conclusion of the investigation. Now, the names of those three officers have not yet been made public. Now, state police say that once that investigation is complete, they will turn the case over to the county prosecutor to determine whether any charges will be filed. Hoda. All right, Blaine Alexander for us on that story. Blaine, thank you. All right, now to new developments in the ongoing border crisis. With a growing number of migrants being bused to cities far from the border, officials in New York City and Washington, D.C. are now asking for federal help with that situation. NBC national correspondent Gabe Gutierrez is here with more. Gabe, good morning. Tom, good morning. Ahead of the midterm elections, Republicans are seizing on a record-breaking influx of migrants at the southern border. But the latest battle over immigration is now playing out here in the Northeast. 
The buses keep coming to New York City and Washington, D.C. At first, hundreds, now thousands of migrants arriving in the Northeast after being sent by the governors of Texas and Arizona. The need has outstripped uh, our capacity to respond to it. Calling it a humanitarian crisis, D.C.'s mayor has requested the National Guard. New York City's mayor is also asking the federal government for help. I don't think anything is more anti-American uh, than shipping people on a bus 45-hour trip uh, without any of the basic needs that they have a direction or coordination. Democrats call the busing a political stunt. Republicans argue it's a last resort as scenes like this unfold at the U.S. southern border. Large groups of migrants crossing, human smugglers cramming 150 people into this 18-wheeler. The Border Patrol says more than 200 dead migrants have been found in just one section of Texas since last October. Nationwide, border apprehensions actually fell 4% from June to July, but overall, this fiscal year has seen the highest number on record. It was just Texas and Arizona that bore the brunt of all of the chaos and all the problems that come with it. Now the rest of America is understanding exactly what is going on. We recently visited Catholic Charities in New York City. Have you ever seen numbers like this? Uh, uh, no, really, no, really. Which has been scrambling to help the growing number of migrants, many from Venezuela who captured the grueling journey on their cell phones. Do you think you'd survive? Pensaste que iba a sobrevivir. We spoke with Ruben from Colombia, who told us his four children thought they were going to die. When we finally reached U.S. soil, he says, I thank God for giving me the strength. Here in New York, more than 6,000 asylum seekers have entered the shelter system this summer. Authorities are now making plans to enroll more than 1,000 children in classes before the new school year begins next month. All right, Kev, we appreciate that. Thank you. All right. A good Samaritan is being credited for helping save lives after a boat burst into flames on the Hudson River this weekend. Take a look. You can see the flames and the thick smoke that pouring out of that boat. Officials say a good Samaritan pulled all seven people out to safety. And NYPD boat also responded to the scene. Just a few minutes later, the burning boat sank right to the bottom of the river. Thankfully, nobody hurt there. It wasn't immediately clear why that boat caught fire, but let's hear it for the Good Samaritans yeah, out clear. there. Yeah, that other boat was yeah. right there. All mm -hmm. right, we want to go back to the weather, though, and the rest of uh, Dylan's forecast this week. Well, guys, not only is it raining down along the Gulf Coast where we'll see some flooding, we're also getting some much-needed rain across the Northeast, so we will see spotty showers off and on all day, some thunderstorms tomorrow, but it's nice and sunny and heating up again through the middle of the country. Temperatures above average back up into the low to mid-90s. And that's your latest forecast. Thank you, Dylan. Good Welcome. to see you. All right, still ahead as you make your Labor Day plans, Carrie Sanders is looking into new shark concerns. Carrie, after new attacks and sightings there as Labor Day approaches. Well, a family goes on vacation to the beach. They talk about their fear of sharks and they decide that's ah, not going to happen. But then it does. We'll have their story coming up. Wow. Plus, if you're counting down to football season, tailgating, stick around. We've got your game plan to make rooting for your favorite teams more affordable and more fun. But first, this is today on NBC. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Smarted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. 
Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with Chris Pine to talk about a career that has taken him from Star Trek to Wonder Woman, and now the new film he wrote, directed, and stars in called Pool Man. You can get our conversation for free wherever you download your podcasts. We are back with Chanel and a star-studded celebration of the legendary composer John Williams. He turned 90 this year. He was honored over the weekend, a grand concert from the Boston Symphony Orchestra, some famous friends including James Taylor, and this guy nice. has won, uh, well, has 25 Grammy Awards, 52 Oscar nominations. I mean, incredible. And he wrapped up the night by conducting a performance of Raiders March from Raiders of the Lost I Art. I love that. It's such a beautiful sight, too. Yeah. yeah. Live music. All the scores mm. of all the movies you love, he probably Not does. only that, he yeah. also did Nightly News. Did oh, he really? behind the Nightly News music, too. <gasps> oh, yeah. my God. Look at that. <laughs> Little known fact. every yeah. day. All right, let's check out our 730 headlines. Authorities in Northern California say they have found a vehicle and a body in a lake where search teams have been searching for a missing teenager. The Nevada Sheriff's Office says it's still trying to determine if those remains are those of 16-year-old Kylie Rodney. She was last seen on August 6th at an outdoor party with more than 100 people. A news conference is scheduled for later this morning. A civil rights attorney has announced a $27 billion class action lawsuit stemming from the massacre at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Charles Bonner is directing the suit at the several law enforcement agencies as well as the manufacturer of the gun used in the deadly mass shooting. Bonner says he intended to sue on the basis that the victims, survivors, and their families had the right to life violated. He says the suit will be filed next month. Meanwhile, Labor Day weekend is almost here, and as you plan a trip to the beach, we have new shark encounters to tell you about. All summer, we've reported on the increase in sightings, and now two people were bitten on the same day, just a half mile apart in South Carolina. NBC senior national correspondent Carrie Sanders has that story. Hey, Carrie, morning. Well, good morning, guys. Yeah, this is unusual. Think about it. Two shark attacks, same beach, same day. In one of the cases, it was a grandmother with her young grandson just feet away. Shark swimming dangerously close to shore. A hammerhead shark chasing down a stingray in Alabama. Then farther north, a Pennsylvania family's vacation to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, took an unexpected turn last Monday. It was really our first day on the beach. Um, we went down and um, the kids, even Brian, we, he was a little nervous. And I kept saying, don't worry about sharks. That's that's. Absolutely nothing you need to worry about. Turns out that day, Karen Seitz was wrong. I was still in probably about waist deep water and I felt something, I, I get, it was sort of like a bite on my arm, but there was um, a, a shark attached to my arm. So I kind of just kept hitting at it to, I just wanted it off my arm. Seitz's eight-year-old grandson, Brian, was just feet away. I didn't even see it swimming up. I just saw it jump. Sight spent the night in the hospital getting dozens of stitches. That same day at the same beach, a second victim with a more minor bite to the leg. From Long Island. Oh, my leg. 
To both coasts of Florida. Shark sightings this summer have forced some beaches to close temporarily. This drone video captured a swarm of sharks off the coast of Cocoa Beach, Florida last Sunday. In the same weekend, a 10-year-old boy was attacked while snorkeling in the Florida Keys. Part of his leg had to be amputated. Despite these reports, experts say shark attacks are still rare. Every year, on average, we get between 70 and 80 unprovoked bites by sharks around the world. So it's a very, very low incidence in general. And he says when a shark bite happens, it's usually because the shark mistakes a human for food. But for young Brian, he's not taking any chances, at least not right now. I'll put my feet in, but that's really all. Okay, wow. It does seem like these are happening more and more frequently, although the numbers say it's, it's always kind of been the same. But are we expecting more shark encounters to continue, Carrie, as we wind summer down? Well, Hoda, if you look at the history historically, especially along the East Coast, August and September, we have more shark encounters, uh, not only because, as we've reported, the waters are warmer and the sharks are coming closer to shore, but also because more of us are in the water. And so there's more opportunity for those shark encounters. Uh, and then don't forget, a lot of people just have cell phones and they're taking video of the sharks so it can appear mm -hmm. that there are more sharks attacking people when in reality it still remains relatively rare. Yeah. All right, Carrie Sanders. Carrie, thank you. But it is on our brain. Yes. I was walking along the beach and there was a guy in the morning swimming the butterfly. Ooh. And you know, that's all yeah. splashy. Oh, I was yeah. like, like you know, I was, I, was just, I was just watching over him yeah. just in case because you feel like maybe something's going to happen. Would you have jumped in? Well, I don't know. I would have had nine and one pushed. <laughs> I was very close just in case. Good stuff. Be careful out there. All right, coming up, the overnight premiere of a new documentary exploring the investigations and theories around Princess Diana's death. What it's revealing 25 years later. But first, Emily Aketa is here to help you make smarter choices when it comes to, yes, tailgating. Hey, Emily. Good morning to you all. Inflation may take a bigger bite out of your game day budget, so we'll tell you what items to keep your eye out for to score the best deals. We're talking chicken wings, hot dogs, and more coming up. Stay with us. And we're back now at 741 with today's Consumer Confidential, our series aimed at helping you make better decisions when it comes to your family's budget. Can you feel it? Uh, can you what? feel it? Fall. Can it? you feel it? Yeah. Football fever. Oh, yeah, it's in the air. The NFL preseason's underway. The college season ready to kick off. It's all happening this week. I'm like, what? Back to school? <laughs> I feel that, too. That means many of you, though, of course, are planning your first tailgates in quite a while. NBC's Emily Aketa is here with ways you can cheer on your favorite teams without breaking the bank. Good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Who doesn't enjoy a good tailgate? And there are simple steps you can take to help tackle inflation. Grilling hot dogs instead of chicken, taking public transportation, rather than driving to save money on gas. The bottom line, rooting for your team on a budget is all about having a game plan. NFL preseason games are in full swing, and so are fans' tailgate traditions. Getting all the food, getting the grills ready, the tent. Packing, loading, it's yeah. a process. Yes. But this year, you'll find rooting for your favorite team is more expensive, as inflation takes a bigger bite out of game day budgets. We wish it was um, lower prices, but you know, you kind of just have to adjust and go with the flow. It seems like 
the same stuff you buy, it's an extra $10 the next week. And then the following week, it's another $10. Chicken, rolls, snacks, and pickles are some of the biggest offenders with double-digit percentage increases. Grocery store prices as a whole have soared 13% from last year. That's the biggest one-year increase we've seen since the late 1970s, but we haven't seen prices rise evenly across all foods and, and drinks. And that's where experts say you can save. Try swapping out those pricey picks with food less affected by inflation. The cost of hot dogs and pork ribs, for instance, have ticked up only slightly. And chicken wings actually dropped below pre-pandemic prices, with a push for more boneless wings from restaurants. Anything, anywhere we can see a sale, we go for it. Re-examining how you get to the game can also help save money. Worsened by sky-high jet fuel costs and staffing shortages, the price of plane tickets have soared by 28% from last year. And despite some recent relief at the pump, it still costs 23% more to fill up your gas tank. So public transportation could be your best game plan. We've seen the cost of mass transit has gone up only about half a percent, which is very tame when you consider it in the context of consumer prices. And there's always the option of cheering your team on from home. It's a good time to upgrade your TV with a nearly 15% drop in prices. Experts say it all comes down to establishing priorities within your budget. And with thoughtful planning, fans will find a way. And tailgating is an experience. And when you have that experience, especially when you're with good friends, it just makes it fun. All right, Emily, the big question, too. What about the prices on the tickets to the games? Oh, that. Yeah, so good news here, actually. The oh. prices of live sports events have actually fallen over the past year. But oh. you have to keep in mind, that includes a broad range of sports. So it may not be the best indicator if you're trying to score NFL tickets. One other thing to consider is trying to buy standing room only tickets. Oh. That will get you into the stadium. And with a lot of these modern stadiums, you'll find a good amount of space sure. to hang out in, in the stadium. Oh, and you still get cool. the experience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What, like it. You know what? What if the price? Is about white claws, high noons, asking for a friend. Are those are those going up? We might have to go back to Carrie Sanders on that okay. beer shortage. Maybe yeah, there you yeah. go. There you go. All right, Emily. Thank, thank you. Dylan, weather, talk to us. <laughs> yes, we've got it. It's out there. And uh, we are going to see kind of a cloudy gray day in the Northeast. So I just want to remind you, it hasn't been all that cloudy and gray and rainy in the Northeast lately. In fact, parts of uh, southeastern New England have been under extreme drought conditions. Most of the Northeast seeing at least severe drought conditions. So we do need the rain. And we have a warm front first that's very muggy. It's very humid. It's bringing in that air. So these little downpours could produce a lot of rain in a short period of time. So just something to keep in mind. And then tomorrow, we'll see this cold front move eastward. So today, it's kind of spotty showers, random downpours. And then tomorrow, we have a better chance of thunderstorms as the cold front itself moves through. We could end up with about three inches of rain in some areas if you do get stuck in those downpours. Forecast, done. <laughs> <laughs> High five, Dylan. There we go. All right. Okay, uh, Dylan, this is probably the story you're most concerned about today. We've been talking about the return of football, but... The question is, when will fans see Tom Brady back on the field? Well, we'll dive into the mystery that surrounds the star quarterback's extended preseason absence right after this. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna Book Club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts.
If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the True Crime Original. Carson's here, and this is one of the biggest mysteries of the NFL yeah. preseason. Carson, where's good Tom morning. Brady? I don't know. I'm not hiding Tom Brady, every, uh, Tom Brady, everybody. But good morning to you. He is one of the most identifiable players in all of sports, obviously. Yet, the Bucks QB1 remains MIA. Brady is taking nearly two weeks of excused absences during the preseason, and fans are eager to know when the star is going to be back on the field. NBC Sam Brock is live from Raymond James Stadium with the latest. Sam, good morning. Carson, good morning. One of the reasons this situation is so puzzling is because it is very un-Brady-like. In his 23-year career, Tom has never missed a significant portion of training camp until now. But both coach and GM are projecting confidence he's going to be back on the field soon, perhaps as early as today. With all the activity at Bucks training camp and the team gearing up for the 2022 season, one figure has been conspicuously absent on the gridiron, number 12, Tom Brady. He hasn't practiced since August 10th, though Coach Todd Bowles telling an anxious sports world his return is imminent. We expect him back this week. Gotcha. Do you know yet which day it's going to be? It'll be this week early. It's the latest twist in a storied career for Brady that now includes seven Super Bowl rings, one unretirement, and one stretch of excused absences from training camp. With Bowles only saying last week it was for personal things. Rumors have swirled online about possible filmings for Fox or other projects, but NFL insiders have quickly swatted those down. It meant enough to him that he came out of retirement to be with his team. So I think the only thing that would really keep him away is something much more personal. I would be surprised if Tom Brady agreed to anything that would require him to miss 10 days of training camp because of a television show or a movie or a documentary or anything like that. That would be about the most anti-Brady thing that I have ever heard of. While training camp reps aren't critical for a player with Brady's experience, he is integrating new weapons into the Bucks' offense, like former Pro Bowl receiver Julio Jones. And at age 45, Brady has given all indications there's no reason to come back unless it's all or nothing for another ring. I think I'm part crazy. I mean, I think that's the reality. I mean, 45 years old, and I'm out here with a lot of young guys that are trying to take my head off. Now, little explanation offered by the Buccaneers about the odd departure. I think what they've done is consistently try to protect Tom and not make it look like they're having any kind of public deadlines or ultimatums. He's kind of earned that level of coddling. Brady has missed his team's first two preseason games. The third and final one, guys, is this Saturday against the Colts. All Coach Bowles would say is, we'll see how practice goes this week. Back to you. Very interesting, Sam. Thanks for that. We'll keep an eye on it. I don't know. 
I don't know, it's not so personal. I yeah. mean, like yeah. you yeah. said, he should be out there. He probably wants to be out there, but yeah. something's going on maybe, and yeah. I hope it's everybody's okay in the family. Yeah, yeah. sounds yeah. good. All right, okay. still ahead, guys. We have an exclusive interview with the pioneering woman helping lead NASA into the future, and wait until you get a taste of her infectious spirit for discovery. Also coming up, we've got your inside scoop on wedding number two for JLo and Ben. New images and all the details from their big weekend. 